Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study every single day, about 13, 14 minutes usually, but even that short period of time helps keep us in God's Word, help us to stay strong in our faith because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. It also helps keep us with a better mindset more spiritually focused mindset to be able to deal with life every day. And that's a challenge. Help people in your life by getting them into God's word, by sharing these studies with them every day through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means. You may help somebody turn their life around. You may help somebody ultimately get to heaven. What a great blessing for them, but also for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today with everybody you can. We're going to get back into our line of thought and study. We're talking about taking back our morality. It is time, and here's the challenge, we need to take back morality. Now, you say, wait a minute, take back morality? Take back from who? The devil? Because immorality is that pit of sin that he has led our nation into. And you might say, well, I'm not sure... What are you talking about? What do you mean he's led our nation into immorality? Look all around us. It is all around us. All around us. Think what comes on the television screen in your home. Now, you may not watch all those programs, but, but even laced into programs that you might consider to be, well, that's okay to watch. There's immorality laced in those. How many times do you find yourself kind of cheering on a relationship that is sinful. It's, it's an illicit sexual relationship between two people who are not married to one another, but they're kind of the, the heroes of, of, of the, uh, the whole story. And look at the literature. Look at the music. The music, if you listen to the music, all that sexual immorality that is being promoted and sung about in the songs that become popular that our kids listen to. Think about what's going on in social media that our kids are exposed to in social media. And we're not even talking about pornography and how that permeates so much of our society and our culture. There are television... Well, there are channels in the television, networks that are available to us on television that we need to just never even take part in. We need to never, ever turn those on or subscribe to them because they are rooted largely in sexual immorality. But it's not just sexual immorality. It's all kinds of immorality. We talked about how we need to flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. 1 Timothy 6, verse 11. That needs to be an active pursuit in our lives, and our mindset. We need to make the commitment, be determined, and be determined to follow through on living a moral lifestyle and thereby influence people around us to see how they can change their lives, not not being preachy toward them or being spiritual policemen, but letting them see the better way that they can observe in our lives. And then they can become those kinds of influences on other people around them, and on and on and on it goes. Our nation is steeped in the pit of immorality. 
Now, sexual immorality is just one of the ways or one of the avenues through which the devil has worked over not just decades, hundreds of years, incrementally, little by little, baby steps, maybe a big stride here and there, but to gradually but consistently and determinedly lead our nation away from God and into immorality. Now, many people have gone all the way to the point they just don't believe in God anymore. But even people who would say, if you pinned them down, do you believe in God? Yeah, I believe in God. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? Oh, yeah, I believe in, I believe in Jesus Christ. He's my Lord and Savior. But they almost never use the name of God or Christ except in profane, vulgar, cursing ways. That's how successful the devil has been. And many people don't want you to even talk to them about God or the Bible because it's an inconvenience to them. It bothers their conscience, so they want to do what they want to do, and they're wanting to live immoral lives. Now, they may not think about it as being identified as such, but that's what they want to do. They don't want to, they don't want to have to be faithful, live by Bible teachings. They want to live immoral lives, and they don't want anybody to bother their conscience talking to them about the wrongness of how they're living their lives. So we need to take back respect for God and Christ in our conduct and in our speech. We need to take back sexual morality. Again, God created marriage in the beginning. You look at the last few verses of Genesis chapter 2, and the Hebrews writer said marriage is honorable among all, and the bed, the marriage bed, undefiled. But fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. God does not count sexual immorality lightly. He sees it as grievous sin. In fact, and when you translate from the Greek into the English, you have a couple of words that become oh, pretty commonly interlaced through the scriptures of the New Testament. One is adultery. Now, technically that is sexual relationships between a person who is married with another person to whom he or she is not married. And then there's the broader term, kind of the umbrella term, fornication or sexual immorality is the more common verbiage there sexual immorality. That's the broader term, the more umbrella kind of, of, of identification of all kinds of sexual immorality, all kinds. So think about all the different ways that sexual immorality is being promoted in our culture, in our nation right now, and how many people are taking part in all kinds of sexual immorality. Think about that. That's that is the broader term. And both of those are condemned in Scripture repeatedly. Again, Matthew chapter 5 and verse 32, Jesus says, talking about marriage and divorce, he says, I say to you that whoever divorces his wife for any reason except sexual immorality. And not because you don't like his breath anymore, not because you've fallen out of love with her or him, not because you say, well, I, I don't like the way he talks to me. You need to get all that worked out before you ever get married. But any reason that you might use to divorce your husband or your wife other than sexual immorality, 
is condemned. And whoever divorces his wife or she who divorces her husband for any reason except sexual immorality causes her or him to commit adultery. And Jesus, now Jesus was speaking there. Jesus was speaking in Matthew 19 and verse 9. And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. And whoever marries her who is, or him who is divorced commits adultery. You see how serious it is? Sexual immorality is the only reason through which God sanctions divorce and remarriage. The only one. In 1 John chapter 2, beginning with verse 15, we see John, the apostle, laying out common avenues through which the devil works to lead us into immorality of various kinds. So John wrote, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, that leads us into sexual immorality, doesn't it? The lust of the eyes, the devil works through that, doesn't he? We see somebody, oh boy, she is hot, or he is hot, and he works through the lust of the eyes to lead us into sexual immorality. And the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Again, 1 John 2, verses 15 and 16. In Acts chapter 15 and verse 20, but that we write to them to abstain from things polluted by idols, from, abstain from sexual immorality. Now, these were some things that the leadership within the church in Jerusalem were writing to congregations that were made up primarily of Gentile Christians. And they said, Here's, here are some basic things of faithfulness to God. You abstain from sexual immorality. That was one of those that they included in those letters. In verses 4 and 5, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together along with my spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that his spirit may, not, uh, that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Now, here we're talking about a situation within a congregation of the Lord's church in the city of Corinth. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 4 and 5. There was, and I think even a whole lot of folks today who are caught up in all kinds of sexual immorality themselves would consider this to be just almost unspeakable. Apparently, there was a young man who was involved in an adulterous relationship with his stepmother who was still married to his father. And Paul writes to the congregation there, the leadership within the congregation at Corinth, and he says, you can't let this go on. You cannot tolerate this. So when you are gathered together, along with my spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, so Paul is speaking from divine inspiration here, from God. This is God's will, in other words, God's word. Deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Of the Lord Jesus, and I always said, you withdraw fellowship from him. You withdraw Christian fellowship from him to shake him to his senses and to realize the depths of sin into which, the depths of sexual immorality into which he has fallen, so that he can wake up, and repent and come back to faithfulness 
and godliness. Come back to morality. Well, uh, in verse 18, flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Think about that. He sins against his own body. And then 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 3, for this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality. Abstain from sexual immorality. You see, over and over again, the scriptures don't beat around the bush on this matter. They're plain, straightforward, direct, and repetitive. We need to take back sexual morality, and we need to stand against sexual immorality. And that's one avenue through which we tell the devil through our lives, I'm taking back morality, and our nation needs to take back morality. Let's pray. Father, help us to live the life of morality before you, according to your teachings and by your will, and help us to help others to make that same commitment, and help us to be great examples of morality before you and before others. Please forgive us and hear our prayer, gracious Father. In Jesus' name, amen.